Am I Reister or am I wrong? There are new COVID rules that take the power out of the coach's hands, and it is a great deal. A college football player, Jermaine Stevens, dies, but it will likely go ignored. And five more college football games are postponed this weekend. Now, are we sure that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are crazy? Lincoln Riley goes on to say that Oklahoma won't release COVID-19 numbers. And the NFL is getting involved with social justice. But this is not about the players. It's about the future of the league. And my parting shot from Kara Lawson. She teaches competitiveness versus hard work. Am I Reister or am I wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Facts only here. Check your feelings before you even come in the door, before you press play. This ain't the place for the left, the right, snowflakes, or social justice warriors. And absolutely no BS because I keep it 100. Make sure that you guys leave a five-star rating. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it right now. Leave a five-star rating. If you're watching it on YouTube, uh, subscribe to the channel. Leave a thumbs up. All of that. And make sure that you send me an email, gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com. Make sure you subscribe and tell a friend. And you can also listen to me on the Pac-12 Apostles podcast and on Fox Sports Radio, Sirius 83, Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific, and then weekdays filling in. So we're going to start with, though, uh, Jermaine Stevens. He is a, well, he was a college football player at California University of Pennsylvania and the son of former Steelers first round pick. And he has died at the age of 20 from complications from the coronavirus. But this is going to largely probably be ignored by a lot of the conferences because number one, his school was not playing. They just canceled. Even though he had already been playing there for multiple years, he is a college athlete who would have been playing this year. He's not a former athlete. He's still a part of that community. But the reason why it'll get ignored is because his school's online. It'll get ignored because he went to a tiny, tiny school. and But at the same time, he is a defensive lineman who would have been playing college football this season. And the other part is that he's a big guy. He's like 350 pounds. So people are going to say his death is an outlier. He wasn't playing football this, this season. Maybe if he was with his trainers, he's overweight. All of these things. But that doesn't make sense. What, what does any of that matter? He still is, quote unquote, part of that healthy population that should just be fine. And there are so many people that are that cite these that cite statistics, even though we don't know what all the long term health effects are. They cite they cite these statistics and say the kids will be fine but they're fine sending somebody else's child out there. But if it was their kid, they might make a different decision. And I am praying for all these players because I truly I do want football. I want football to be played. It's it's my love. What paid me money? I love my Oregon Ducks. But I want the players healthy more. And death is not the only bad outcome, but it is a possible outcome. 
And this kid, Jermaine Stevens, his death cannot be ignored. Like how many of them is an, is an acceptable number to either die or have some long-term health consequences? For each individual university, that number is zero. But the larger to get to 99%, you can have five, six, and that looks like a positive outcome overall, right? But for each university, it's zero. They cannot have that. They will get sued. There will, especially since the other conferences have shut down, that is not a tenable solution. So as much as I want football, their health has to be put first because of a number of reasons. It costs the university money, costs them bad press, and having somebody die, that's a terrible, terrible outcome. But that has led to this, which nobody has talked about yet, which I just found out about, that's going on at at least a couple of universities in college sports. So the trainers are no longer allowed to say that a player tests positive. They can only say that a player is being quarantined, which then would get played in the media and say, oh, well, these kids are fine. They're just being quarantined just for safety purposes. No, it could be a contact tracing or it could be a positive test. And then those kids are then assigned a caseworker. And only after an athlete goes through the tests and has a full cardiac workup, that means a heart MRI, echocardiogram, that they can possibly return because the virus has issues that relate to the heart. Myocarditis, which can cause death, which was already causing death in, you know, 15 to 22 year old kids. They'll, they'll just fall out because of that, because it's an unknown. If you don't check for it, you may not know that you have it. So the caseworker is the only person who can sign off on the kid coming back. Coaches can't do it. Trainers can't do it. And they are not involved, which is ultimately the right move. Because from talking to a number of college coaches, football, college basketball, they do not believe. This is from coaches. They do not believe that coaches can be trusted to make these decisions. Why don't they think so? Because they will put their million dollar contracts and ball ahead of everything else. It's just how they're wired. And that moves us on to Lincoln Riley who says Oklahoma won't be releasing football COVID testing data moving forward because of a quote-unquote competitive advantage. Excuse me? Oklahoma has decided to treat these things like injuries when it comes to public disclosure. All right. Football coaches, like I just said, they should not be in charge of deciding this sort of thing. The schools should absolutely... Never release a kid's name like that. I just told you about with the new rules because of HIPAA violations. You should not have to tell them, say who tested positive and who did not. Maybe not even necessarily how many from a position group because it'll allow people to guess. But I will tell you this public universities. Absolutely. That they have to be required to list a number of positive tests when public health is an issue. Like this has to be 
Private universities don't, I mean, they fall under a different set of rules if they do not receive public funding. But if you receive public funding, there is a an expectation that the public should be able to know what's going on in your university. It is just like if you have a company who's on the stock market, if you if you have an IPO, you are going to have to answer to those shareholders. You have to be transparent. And this weekend is now the fifth postponed game of this weekend. Like there have been five games postponed for this weekend already, including three in the Big 12 alone. You have already had um, uh, Baylor La Tech get canceled. You've had TCU SMU. You've had a bunch of other games as well get canceled. Now, um, NC State at Virginia Tech, Marshall at East Carolina, Navy at Tem uh, Temple at Navy, Tulsa at Oklahoma State, ULM at Troy, UAB at Rice, Rice at Marshall. Like, come on. Like, like now you have created a whole nother issue like we just talked about. Players, they need these tests. They need full heart workups, which should be mandatory at all of these schools. And we need to find out what is going on if these things are actually happening. Because if they are not, this is a real problem and a real issue. These players need to be made sure that they are fine. And here's the, here's the other thing is that when you look at the reason why the NFL is back, the NFL is back because they test their players almost every day. Some of that's going to slow down as the season uh, winds up, but the NFL PA is already talking about keeping it up. They have testing, contact tracing, and the players, because they have money, they're able to insulate themselves away from the public. They can control how they get their food, where their families go, who they're around, who they allow in their house. And when you are a college student, you don't have the means and the resources and the money to be able to do those things. So if you are a college student, what are you going to do? You're going to likely be around more people putting yourself in a little bit more harm's way. And power five schools have a step down in testing availability, contact tracing, and all of that, then the NFL, which then trickles down to non-Power 5 schools. You know, your Memphis's, your Tulsa's, your, uh, your Arkansas State's, all, all of these. Those are the schools. They have a step down from the Power 5 because of financial reasons. And then you go down to FCS. They have less testing than the non-Power 5. Then you go down to high schools. They have even less, virtually none. But those kids are, oh, yeah, yeah it's fine. They're, they're, they're playing. See, look, there's no COVID test positives because there are no tests. This is just a fact. Like, this isn't me hating football. I want football. But the player safety means more because my kid is one of these kids. And I'll tell you this, you're not going to put my kid, I'm not throwing my kid at risk until I have a lot more information. That's just me. You have your choice to do with your kid and your life, however you want it. But that's just what I believe in the situation. Um, on to the NFL, though. Jerry Jones, owner of the 
Dallas Cowboys. Yes, it is okay to say the owner of the Cowboys because he owns a team. He doesn't own the people. He owns the team. So it's okay to say owner. We don't have to say like managing partner or whatever they do in the NBA. He signs off on players kneeling or any other social justice message that they want to do. But why is he doing that after last year saying, or, or before that, oh, the Cowboys players, we're going to have our toes on the line. This is how we do it here. Uh, it's because Jerry Jones got boxed in. He fought it, but he knew that fighting it would have been even worse. Prime example. If people are making fun of you or making jokes about you, if you get mad about it, like if you respond on the Internet, what's going to happen? Like Paul George did when people started mocking him for calling him playoff Pete. What do you do? If you get mad, you un you give the people the power because they know it bothers you. But if you just ignore it or you just laugh at it, make light of it, too, you've taken away their power. And Jerry Jones knows that if you that if he fought this, it would have been worse. Players would have resisted. They would have revolted. And it was going to happen anyway. And then his hand was going to get forced. The average age of the NFL a couple years ago was like 50 years old for people who watched it. Then it was 52. But now it's trying to trend back down younger. The NBA Granted, people have been coming for them. They've been coming for Mark Cuban. But they are positioned for the future. The average age of their fans, like 37 years old. MLB is pushing 60. Hmm, so what do you do when all the 60-year-olds go? When those 60-year-olds are 80, 85. Hmm, yeah. And they're not the ones out there spending money showing up to games. Because people are taking care of them instead of the other way around. And the NFL itself is full of a new generation of coaches. Like the coaches are trending younger. So that means that their messages and the things that they care about and are open to have changed. Because coaches used to want you to be buttoned up. Oh, yeah, you have to look a certain way. This, no, no, they realize that that has changed. Think about this. When Colin Kaepernick first took a knee, the average age of an NFL coach was almost 53 years old. And there were only four coaches under 45 and two of them in their late 30s. Now you have the average age at 50 years old. And you have a 12. Yeah, you, so you have 12 coaches that are 45 years and younger and five who were in their 30s. And here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say. Because and he's one of the guys who's looked at as a really good coach in the league. He says, whose father was a coach. It's embarrassing to say. Probably, but I think white people are more passionate about it now, or social justice, now than then. And that's our ignorance. And that's why, then that's what upsets black people. And they have every right to be upset because they have just been telling us this for the last few weeks and they've been telling us this since our grandparents. So that's what the NFL is doing. It's not listening to those old people that are saying, oh, we want politics out of sports and this. Uh, things are different now. Our younger crowd, they don't care. And they are the future. That's the difference. Um, I wanted to go back slightly to 
what's going on in Oregon, California, I think Utah, Nevada, a few other states. There are these huge fires raging. And ironically, Oregon would have been playing Ohio State in Eugene this weekend. And I was scheduled to be at the game, all that. But ironically, even if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 hadn't canceled, this game was likely going to be canceled anyway because of the fires. And I've seen pictures of what's going on in Oregon. I've seen pictures of what's going on in um. Well, I've seen it here in California as well. Like the, the last couple of days, the sky was orange, but not like it was from the pictures I saw from people at Oregon. And it was just heartbreaking, man. And I just wanted to say I'm praying for the state, praying for the people that even though that my state is on fire as well, you know, like these are real people's lives. And it's hard for us to always see and understand when you aren't up in it. And a couple years ago, in 2018, fire was a quarter mile away from my house, a huge fire uh, that was around here. And it was just, I mean, it was scary, dude. I mean, you may lose everything, including your life. I mean, in in some of these cases, like the people in paradise. So I just want to pray for them and all that. Um, On to my parting shot. So my parting shot involves Kara Lawson, who is the new coach, the new uh, head coach for Duke women's basketball and I wanted to play it so I know this is different from what right or wrong usually is but I wanted to play this because she talks about competitiveness versus hard work and I want you guys to listen to it and you know hopefully this is as impactful to you as it was to me I'm going to give you two hypothetical situations okay the first is Jen I put you on that line you don't have to do it. If I just put you on that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and I and I give her a time, and I give her an amount that she has to run. It's about what you're about to do, right? And I say, okay, you got to run this many times in this in this many minutes or this many seconds. Right? But now, if I put Jen on that same line, and I put three people next to her, and I have all four of them do the same thing. Do you run differently when that happens? It's an individual question. You don't have to answer it out loud. Do you run differently? You're doing it by yourself. You're doing it with other people. One thing I think that players and coaches and just people around sports mistake all the time is they mistake hard work and competitiveness. They think they're the same thing. Hard work and competitiveness. Hard work is, I give you a task, right? I give you constraints on said task. I say, you have to do this in this amount of time, with this much weight, with this much load, whatever it is, I give you these constraints and I force you to do it. And it's hard, right? It's hard. So I can force you to work hard just by what I ask you to do. Right? And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm just saying that in general. Like you can force, you can force someone to work hard. Right? You can't force someone to compete. You can't. There's nothing I can do to make you compete. And that's such an important distinction in sports. 
a lot of players at the end of a practice, at the end of a game, they'll talk to their parents, they'll talk to their teammates and be like, hey, V, did you work hard today? And you're like, yeah, coach, I worked hard today. That's good. But did you compete? So at the end of every session that we have, that's the question you're asking yourself. Did I compete today? Because that's different than working hard. It's different. Working hard is something that a lot of people do, right? Millions of people do every day. Billions of people do every day around the world. Billions of people work hard in whatever job they do. But not everybody is wired to compete. So I've talked to some of you and you say, coach, you know, what do you need from me? What do you want from me? Like what's important to you? I want you to compete every day. Every day compete. Every conditioning session, every weight session, every basketball session. Doesn't mean you're gonna be perfect. Doesn't mean you're gonna you're you're not gonna fail sometimes. But getting yourself that mindset when you walk out here every day. When we're about to start, you click in. Yo, I'm ready to compete. Alright? So start thinking about that before you start, and then when you're done. Be honest with yourself. Did I compete today? Answer gonna be it might be no sometimes. Make sure it's not two days ago. Okay? All right. Have a good workout. And I just thought that that was a powerful message because it made me think about James Harden and how in the Lakers series in the last two fourth quarters, they've double teamed him. And yes, you're supposed to quote unquote make the right basketball play and all of that, but I didn't feel like he competed enough. Like he saw a trap and then uh, he passed the ball off and just stood at half court. You know, like what types of things are we going to do? Because he he was out there working hard. He was out there working hard. But was he competing to the best of his ability? And I always wonder that. So I think that that's going to change how I talk to my kids about it. Instead of the two questions, might ask them about competing too. Am I rightster or am I wrong? Please make sure you like the feed, share it with a friend, tell a friend about it. Peace out. Catch you on Friday.